good job today as always, leading us into the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I love singing about the love of God. Amen? Amen. That's something we can all praise Him for. I'm thankful tonight that we have the hope of heaven through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is. Take your Bibles this evening, if you will, please. I want to ask you to turn them with me um, very quickly to Proverbs chapter number 22. Tonight, I want to speak to you about one of my absolute favorite subjects, the subject of parenting and the, um, what it means to be a parent according to the Word of God, what God has called us to as parents if we are believers on the Lord Jesus tonight. I love being a parent. Being a parent is a great privilege. It's a great honor. Um, it's a great blessing. Um, my th- one of th- three of my greatest blessings call me daddy, and um, I-, I love when I hear them call me daddy. Always have, always will. Very proud of them. Very thankful for them. Parenting um, is fun. Parenting is fun most of the time. <laughs> Parenting is fun um, until that little baby girl. Um, does something in her diaper, and what's supposed to stay on the inside of the diaper comes to the outside of the diaper. Until that time happens, parenting is fun. And you, as parents and grandparents, you probably know a little bit about that. I remember um, when Anna Kate was born. Uh, You don't mind me telling this, do you, baby? I hope not. Um, We took her, she was born in October, October the, uh, uh, the 29th. And, um, and that December the 23rd, we took her for the first time to visit my grandfather who lived in McMinnville, Tennessee. His birthday, birthday was December the 23rd. Me and him shared the same birthday. And so we decided to take the new baby girl up and, um, and visit with my grandpa and, and my grandma. And uh, so we go up to Tennessee and um, my wife and my mother and my grandmother all decided they were going shopping. And so we all got in the car and uh, we went to the department store, and they got out and was doing the shopping, and we were going to keep the baby in the car. And I'll never forget, my grandpa was sitting up front in the passenger side. I was sitting behind him in the back seat, and my dad was sitting in the driver's seat. And he was holding Anna Kate, and man, I was so proud of her, and he was so proud of her, and we were just having a good time. And all of a sudden, she starts getting a little bit fussy, like babies sometimes do. And he picked her up and started bouncing her on his knee. I just happened to look around the side of him there, and she was crying and pitching a fit. And I looked and saw that what was supposed to be on the inside of her diaper was now on the backside of her leg. And she wasn't happy about it. And after I pointed it out to my grandpa, he wasn't too happy about it. And so my dad thought he was going to save the day, and he said, I'll show you all how to fix this. And he grabbed her up and took her to the back seat. And when he got into the back seat and started trying to change that diaper before it was all said and done, what was supposed to be on the inside of the diaper was now on her, on my grandpa, on my dad, on me, and all over the car. And so I wish that you could have saw um, the look on my wife's face when she came back to the car and seen what had been going on. So parenting is fun until stuff like that happens. Parenting is fun until the uh, great uncle decides to give the little boy um, three red popsicles, not knowing that he's a re- uh, allergic to uh, red dye, red food coloring. And so he eats the popsicles at the uncle's house and decides to wait to get to our house 
before he projectile vomits all over the living room. Uh, parenting is fun until stuff like that happens. Parenting is fun um, until that sweet little blonde-haired, curly-haired, blue-eyed little girl decides she wants to disobey dad and you have to correct her for the first time. When Ellie Grace was about, I don't know, two, maybe three years old, we were in the living room one night and she had her sippy cup full of milk and she looked at me and turned that milk over and started shaking it in the floor. And I said, honey, don't do that. Don't pour your milk out. And she looked at me straight in the eye and shook that milk out on the floor. And I said, baby, don't pour your milk out. And before it was all said and done, I had to spat a little hand and say, no, no, that's not the way we do things. Stop pouring the milk out. And uh, parenting is fun until you have to do the hard things. Can you say amen? And the truth is, when it comes to parenting, there's a lot of hard things that have to be done. It's not always easy. Um, I think of parenting like the old Peace Corps uh, slogan. If you remember the old commercial, they used to say that the Peace Corps is the toughest job you'll ever love. And that's kind of like parenting. It's a tough job, but it's a job you love. It's a great blessing. It's a great privilege to know that I have the honor and the opportunity of teaching my kids who Jesus is and how they can know him. And so parenting is a great blessing, and I wouldn't take nothing for it. But now, how many of you understand, with the great blessing that we've been given as parents, there also comes some great responsibility, a lot of responsibility for all of us as parents. And so tonight, I want to talk to you just about a, a few of those things, a few of those responsibilities, and I want to talk to you from two different aspects. First of all, uh, from the parents' point of view, and then also from the people of God's point of view, the, the, the local church, because all of us are involved in this. Now, our responsibility as parents, I want to give you three Ps. First of all, um, it's to provide for our children. Now, I'm going to give you the first two, or excuse me, the last two first, and the first one I'm going to give you last, and I'll show you why in a minute. So, first of all, I want to talk to you about provision. How many of you know, parents, it is our responsibility to provide for our children, each and every one of us. It's my responsibility as a father. It's my wife's responsibility of a mother, as a mother to do what we have to do to provide for the needs of our children. How many of you know, I want to give my children everything they need. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely, because we love them. We want what's best for them, and I want to provide for them everything that they need. And for all of our kids, I would venture out and say, they usually get all that they need and then some, and then we give them most of their wants. I've come to find out as a parent, a lot of what my kids want, they don't need. And so uh, when they want what they don't need, we have to exercise some wisdom to know what to do and when to do it, what to take away and what to let them keep. Can you say amen? And that's all the job of a parent. But it is our job to provide for their needs, what they need. Uh, the Apostle Paul talked a great deal about this. Take, with, take your Bibles and keep your place there in Proverbs 16 and turn with me over to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And let's look down tonight at verse number 8. Evidently, in Ephesus, where Timothy was ministering at this time, there was a lot of people there who uh, chose not to do what was necessary to provide for their children. And so he says in 1 Timothy 5 and 8, But if any provide not for his own, and specifically for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith. And watch what he says. 
He is worse than an infidel. Worse than one who has turned their back on God. Folks, that's a pretty strong statement. And so the Apostle Paul is letting us all know that it is our responsibility as parents to provide for the needs of our children. So one great responsibility we have is provision. Now, that never became more real to me than when I held my babies in my arm, uh, arms for the first time. When Anna Kate was first born and she was our firstborn in our family, everything started to become um, really scary for me because then I understood and realized it was no longer about just me and my wife, but now I had another mouth to feed. Now it was about making sure she had a roof over her head, clothes on her back, shoes on her feet. And, uh, and that shook me up, to say the least, and still does shake me up from time to time, realizing that it's my responsibility to provide for my children. So we ought to take that very seriously, amen, as parents. It's our responsibility to provide. I don't think there is a message maybe that's more needed when speaking of parenting today than that one. <laughs> People need to know it's the responsibility of moms and dads to take care of their children. Not only in provision, but also uh, we need to teach them about prosperity. Now, what do I mean when I say prosperity? I want to teach my kids how they can be successful, how they can be good citizens, amen? How they can, um, listen, put something uh, into the world that's useful and necessary and uh, how that they can help their neighbor, how they can be successful in everything that they do. How they can have determination and, and go out and, and work hard for something and something and have a good work ethic and do what they need to do to be successful and to prosper. Take your Bibles and turn with me back to the book of Proverbs chapter number 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and let's look at verses 6 through 8. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite. It says in Proverbs 6 starting with verse 6, Go to the ant or think about the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth food in the harvest. What's the Bible saying? He's saying, look to the ant. Look at the example of the ant. How the ant is always doing what's necessary to prosper. It's always working hard and doing its part and being determined and making sure it has what it needs in every season. Now, I want you to know something. We ought to take these principles as parents and teach them to our children. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 23 that we are to work to whatever the Lord puts in our hands as we're doing it unto the Lord and not unto men. So when, when, when it comes to me being a father that God wants me to be, I, I need to provide for them, yes, but I also need to teach them what it means to prosper, to work hard, have a good work ethic and get up and be determined and um, be good citizens in the world that they live in. Because I realize one day um, all of you are going to have to live with the kids I raise. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's a very big deal. It's very important that we teach our children what it means to prosper. Now let me give you the first one. And this is the most important one. Our first priority as parents it's not merely to provide or to teach them to prosper. Our first priority as parents is to teach them the truth concerning who God is and what God has done for them. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Deuteronomy. And I promise we'll get back to Proverbs 22 in just a moment. But in Deuteronomy chapter number 6, let me read to you something there that 
is such a blessing to me, and I hope it will be to you as well. Such a help to me. Proverbs chapter 6, and let's look down starting at verse number 4. Listen to what God says here to the nation of Israel. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Amen. Then he says something else. He says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. He said, First of all, you get them in your heart. It needs to be real to you that I am one, I am, I am your God, I am your Lord, I am your master, I'm one God, and you ought to worship me. Then look what he says in verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So what's he saying? Our, our, our priority as parents is to teach our children who God is, whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, or whenever we are with them and throughout our lives. I've come to find out that God gives us many opportunities to do this if we have our spiritual ears open and our spiritual eyes open and we're, we're looking for opportunities to teach them uh, and throughout our daily lives, whether they're walking or, like the Bible says, sitting or, uh, by the way, whatever's going on, we ought to look for opportunities to teach them about the Lord, who He is, what He's done for them. Now, let me say what, tell you why I believe that's our first priority. Now, how many of you understand this evening, folks, that if I teach my children how to prosper, how to work hard and be determined and, 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 and do good for themselves and, 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 and have a good work ethic, if I teach them that and I, and I provide for them their every need and they become very successful and have everything they need in their life, but they don't have Jesus, what does all of that matter? It matters nothing. It don't mean a thing. If I teach my children how to succeed and be the best athlete they can be and they grow up and play in the major leagues or play, play in the NFL or, or they grow up and, and be the president of the United States and be successful in that way, if I, they grow up and be the, the uh, CEO of the Fortune 500 company and I teach them how to work hard and be successful and provide for their needs and they grow up and do all of that, yet they don't know Jesus and die and go to hell, then it means nothing what I've taught them. So our first priority is to teach them truth, who God is and what God has done for them. John chapter 14 and verse number 6, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. My first priority is a father. Your first priority as parents is to teach our children who Jesus is and their need for him. Without that, Nothing else really means a whole lot. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8 and verse number 36, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his own soul? How sad would it be that I provide for my children? I teach my children how to prosper in this society. But I don't teach them who Jesus is. And they go through this life ruining their life, making bad decisions and bad choices, not following Jesus, and then they die and go to hell. What does it matter how much they prosper? It doesn't. So we've got to keep first things first. What does that mean? Well, we teach them who Jesus is at home. Can you say amen? We live out our faith. Listen, we don't only tell them with our lips, but we show them with our lives. How do you know that most of this stuff, it's called, it's not taught? 
When they see me walking in the ways of Jesus, then they follow how I walk. When they see me doing what's pleasing unto Christ, then they follow my example. But but on the other side of that coin, when they see me not doing what God has called me to do, they will follow that as well. And so we've got to be very careful of the decisions and choices that we make on a day-to-day basis. Folks, I want to tell you something. Your children should not see any difference in you on Monday than they see in you on Sunday. They, they ought to be, uh, listen, seeing the same daddy and the same mama at church as they see around the dinner table. And if they're not, then we're failing somewhat as a parent. We lead by example, each and every one of us. So our responsibility is, yes, to provide. We certainly teach them to prosper. But folks, our first priority is to give them truth. We teach them who Jesus is and their great need for a Savior. Amen? Let's look at Proverbs 22. Not only should we teach them, but the Bible also says right here that we ought to train them. Watch what it it says here. Proverbs 22, verse number 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, watch this now, he will not depart from it. Now let me tell you what this isn't saying, because I I think a lot of times we will learn more of the Word of God by learning what it don't say. (laughs) A lot of people believe that this is making the promise that if we teach our children when they're young to follow Jesus that they're always going to follow him closely. They're never going to have any problems with their children rebelling uh, against the Lord and against the authority of the parent. Let me say something to you. That's not what God is saying here. And let me tell you what I found out. Folks, I grew up in a Christian home. I I was took to church every time the doors were open. uh, My mom and my dad taught me who Jesus is and how much I need him with their lips and with their lives. And I had a a godly mom and daddy and I lived in a godly home. But when it came time for me to rebel, I did my share of it. I'm not proud of that. That's not something that I'm trying to give glory to tonight. I'm just telling you the truth. So God is not saying here that this is uh, an, an absolute uh, surety that if you teach them when they're young, you're never going to have any problem with them later because the truth is we all have problems. We all face temptations. Let me tell you what I do believe it's saying. I believe God is saying that we ought to do our part and then we allow Him to do His part. We do all we can do as a parent and then we put it in God's hands by faith and through prayer that He would do the rest. How many of you know all we can do is all we can do? But we need to be doing all we can do. Man, it's so vitally important. And so he tells us to do something. First of all, he says, train up the child. Train him up. What does it mean to train up the child? A few years ago, I was sitting out in my yard on a fall evening, and we had uh, had been raking leaves all day, me and the kids. And I was burning those leaves and some brush there in the yard. And I looked down the road and there came a man uh, riding a horse down the road. And he had that horse in what's called a canter. 
Now, I didn't know that's what it was called until I spoke with him. And you that are horse people, maybe you do know what a canter is. But it's, a, it's, it's what's in between, I guess, a walk and a run. All right? And I, and I noticed him as he was coming down the road, that horse was in that canter. And, and every time that horse would try to break loose and run at full stride, that man had a whip in his hand. He would turn around with that whip and he'd pop that horse on its rear end. And he'd slow back down. And after a little while, that horse would get to feeling good and wanting to run, and it would take off again and run, run faster than the man wanted it to, and he would reach around that whip and pop it on its rear end, and that horse would slow down just a little bit. And he'd done that all the way up the road till he got in front of my house, and he stopped, and I started talking to him. I was asking him why he did that, and he said, well, that horse is, I'm trying to teach it to stay in that canter. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, it's, it's better on me, and it's better on the horse. He said, if, if I'm riding in that canter, um, it's just like sitting in the rocking chair at home. He said, and it's not like at a full gallop when that horse is just beating me to death and beating himself up. Um, it's easier on him and it's easier on the rider. And so he said, what I'm doing, I'm trying to train it with this whip and let it know what it needs to do. It's going to be better for me and for it. <laughs> Amen. Now, how do you know that's a perfect picture of what the Bible is saying we are doing to our kids? We're to train our children up. Now we know our children are not horses, but the same principle applies for all of it. What is he trying to say? We discipline our children to show them which way they should go. Now let me say something to you. I noticed something that man was doing. When he took that whip in his hand and he would pop that horse on its rear end, he was not disciplining that horse to hurt him, to injure him. He was disciplining that horse to correct him. Now, let me say something to you, parents. We discipline our children, listen, not to hurt them, but to correct them. Now, do we need to get their attention? Absolutely. Because if we don't, it's not going to do any good. But it must be done. Proverbs 13, 24 says that if a man spares his rod, can anybody quote the rest of that verse? Not really. Proverbs 13, 24 says that if a man spares his rod, he hates his son. Now, I think a lot of times we want to soften these verses to make ourselves feel better. But the truth is, it's important that we train up our children, we discipline them to show them what's wrong and to show them what's right. Not to hurt them. Not to injure them. Believe me, I'm not telling anybody to abuse their children. I'm telling you to correct your children because you love them. I had a father who corrected me. At the time he corrected me, I didn't think he loved me much. But now as I look back on it, I'm so glad he did. And I realize just how much he did love me. I want to do the same for our kids. We train them through discipline. But how many of you know we also train them with direction? What, what, what I mean when I say um, direction, I'm talking about we give them the truth concerning the Word of God and we direct them. We keep them under the preaching and teaching of God's truth, God's Word. That's why it's so important that parents, you stay faithful to the things of God. You stay faithful to bringing your children to the preaching of the Word of God. Keep them under the teaching of the Word of God. Nothing excites me more as a pastor than when I go downstairs and I see written all over the walls Bible verses that our kids are learning. 
I walked down this evening before service and walked down those halls in the fellowship hall and seen those big uh, poster boards of what all the kids were thankful for. Praise God for that. Thank you, teachers, for being faithful in teaching God's truth and sharing with our children how they ought to relate to their Heavenly Father. It's amazing. It's powerful. Let me tell you this. If you want to change your world, if you want to change the future, you love a child. You help a child, and you teach a child. That makes all the difference. Let me read to you something that Plato once said. Plato said that if you want to know the saga of a nation, the story of its families is where it's written, written large. What's he saying? He's saying that if you want to change a nation, if you want to direct a nation, you do it through the training up of children. Raising them in a way that would be pleasing unto the Lord changes tomorrow, changes the nation, changes everything. It's powerful. Train up a child in the way he should go. Folks, it's parents. It's our job to train them up. Can you say amen to that? But let me say something else, Mount Zion. As your pastor, my heart My desire as pastor is to make sure we are discipling our children from this age all the way up. How many of you know it's a lot easier to start them here than to start them here? Now, we can start them here. We need to start them here. But it's easier to start here. I read this week in preparing for this sermon about the formative years of a child. I am told that in the first eight years of a child's life, he'll learn more than he'll ever learn in any other time. There'll be more learned in those eight years than any other time. So we must start them now. Training them up. Teaching them the truth of God's word. Believe me, it makes all the difference. We're going to do our part and we're going to let God do his. Whether it be parents or it be the children of God, be this church. Ephesians chapter 4, brother, if you will, put that up for me, verses 11 and 12. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says that he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Watch what he says. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's through the body of Christ that we are taught what it means to follow Jesus. And it's through the church, not just through the parents. It starts with the parents, but it's in the church. With our, it's our responsibility to teach our children what it means to follow Christ, to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We train them up. We do our part. We let God do His. And what we're going to do tonight, it's a very special service. So very thankful for Colin and for Katie and for baby Bradley. What a blessing this little boy is. And what we sometimes call this is a dedication service. But the truth is, folks, nothing we do or say will have any bearing on that little man's dedication to the Lord. That'll be a decision that he'll one day have to make. So it's not really us dedicating him. We really can't do that. What I want to do is to make 
It's for us to be dedicated in doing our part to train him up. Amen? Each and every one of us. Not just these parents, but also the people of God right here in this church. So guys, if you will, come on up.